All right, episode eight. Here we are. Nick's game changer, Byron Lazine, the it. legend. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm, I feel honored to be on the game changer, man. This is. Uh, it's great to have you here. You're a busy guy. No, thank you. And not uh, as busy as you. Now I don't know about that, but so so I know that we both share a lot of things in common, yeah. including a love for the real estate business. And uh, you are a real estate agent, great marketer, social media expert guru among other things so maybe you could just tell the folks listening or watching a little bit about yourself and we're gonna yeah. jump right into the questions after that yeah i mean real estate agent that's my you know that's my number one source right there see how yep. I did that my number one Your number source. one source i yeah. like that <laughs> <laughs> and uh but really you know over the years what's made me an effective real estate agent is the ability to brand and market right mm -hmm. and that's kind of where the we have a marketing company uh, Nicole White's been on the podcast. Right? Nicole's been yeah. on, yeah. So Nicole's, you know, um, integral partner in both of those, and one mm -hmm. in company and and company cubed, and uh, yeah, the marketing was really just born out of our ability to do branding and marketing at a ridiculous uh, scale and in a, in a current environment. Yeah. Uh, for our real estate clients, which for us happens to be either new development or homeowners on the resale, really you know, majority for the team is, is homeowners, you know, mm -hmm. working directly with people that need to buy, sell or, or invest. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, we can get into some of that stuff. I got into real estate when I was 19, making a lot of mistakes on my own, uh, you know, realized after really making all the mistakes in the book that, mm -hmm. uh, I should have started on the sales side and, and, uh, you know, so the last seven, eight years on the sales side have, have really been a game changer. Game changer. For me, yeah. Dude. So you're really on your game today. Yeah, I know. See that? That. That's good. Look at that. Got you... one source in there and a game changer <laughs> all in the beginning. Do you, um, do you work multi-state? Do you work? Licensed Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and now Florida. Oh, Have wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Good just got you. my brokers a couple weeks ago, actually. Nice. Florida. I didn't post it. Uh, so this is actually the first time I think, except for my Instagram handle, I snuck it in there on the bio, but I think this is the first time I've publicly even said I've got the Florida brokers. So there's some things come on with that. Good. That's exciting. Like. Yeah. It is. Uh, I, I love that you're, uh, you're very strategic from what I think, um, or maybe you've trained yourself to become strategic as you mentioned, starting out 19 years old in the real estate business, kind of learning by doing, making mistakes yeah. along the way. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to jump right into the first question and, and learn a little bit more about sure. you as we go. So the first question is, why do you do what you do? Whew, that's a little It's broad. Loaded. What yeah, do you do? Loaded. Why do I do what I what do? What do you do? Um, I mean, I'll go back to like our core belief with the team here, the real estate team, be the hardest working team. And then, you know, our, our, that's our mission statement rather than our, uh, you know, core value to that mm -hmm. is get a little bit better today than, than you were yesterday. Mm -hmm. And so I wake up every single day with that in mind. Can I get a little bit better at everything that I'm doing, not just in my business, but in my life yeah. today than I was yesterday? Jim Rohn said it a different way. Jim Rohn used to say, work harder on yourself than you do on your job. I like right? that. If you continue to improve yourself incrementally day after day after day mm -hmm. everything around you is going to happen the way you want it to whether right. it's business relationships you know or whatever so 
I, I wake up with that mindset first. How can I put myself in position to not only be better at what I'm doing, but to impact the people mm-hmm. that are, you know, on my team working with me and my family to really get better in, in their lives. And so that's, what's driving me. And mm-hmm. obviously this is planet earth. I say this all the time. Hey, I don't know if you guys know of another planet where you, where you don't need money, but here on earth after air, it's the most second, most important Point thing, thing. Right. <laughs> right? You need air and money's actually over water. Cause that's how you buy the good water. You figure <laughs> that out. Um, so it's like, you know, that's obviously an sure. important component to everything that we do. Like we, we've got to make money to actually enjoy the life that we want, but that comes second to working on yourself every day. Sure. And you, so, and working on yourself correlates to your, your business and your career. Yeah. I mean, how can I put myself in a position to actually improve, to be in a growth mindset, to learn from all those people around me? Like I want to continuously, whether it's my mastermind or the internal team that, that we have on both the real estate and the marketing side, I want to continue to surround myself with people that are doing um, or, or at a much higher level than I am in all areas, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's how I'm going to be able to pull uh, knowledge more efficiently yep. at, a, at a rapid rate as opposed yep. to me just trying to figure out everything on my own. Those are the mistakes I made. I bought three houses, 19 to 21. Yeah. And, you know, tried to do it all on my own. Didn't listen to real estate agents. Didn't listen to my parents. Yeah. Uh, didn't listen to anybody just went out there like a freaking renegade and uh and that's how you fail right right everybody's yeah. done everything i'm trying to do right okay right it's all been done before correct i just need to see around the corner and, and what's going to be the most innovative way to do it in 2020 mm-hmm. right right and i think one of, from just from listening to some of your podcasts and seeing some of your you know videos on social media, what the real estate business is changing rapidly. Yeah, there's no question. And I think that you've been pretty good at identifying what the new trends are, asking the tough questions, you know, looking at maybe what other realtors are doing, not because, not for any other reason than saying, what can we learn? What can we do differently? And how can we serve our customer better? Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I'm in a mastermind with nine people and I am number nine on the totem pole. Mm -hmm. You know, well, maybe I'm like number seven, but I like saying I'm number nine. Better. But anyways, <laughs> we're in, in terms of numbers, in terms of production, yeah. five, six, seven of these people in the mastermind are head and heels mm-hmm. above where I am. Not even close, right? Mm-hmm. And so I want to be uh, learning from those that are really doing something. Right. Now, we all have different business models at the same time. Correct. Right? Some of them have built up these numbers off of paying Zillow uh, a much larger, you know, investment each month than I'm willing to pay Zillow right. because we're investing in content and right. podcasts and, and all this kind of, you know, branding and, and building right. our brand locally. Right. Um, but there's still a lot to be learned from their model. And yeah. when we're using Zillow as a lead pillar. What are they doing? Uh, and, and just learning from each other, there's stuff that, you know, they wouldn't have me in the mastermind if I wasn't sharing either. Sure. Right. But, but I also don't want to be in a mastermind where I'm only teaching. I'm there to learn. Got it. Um, 
one of the questions I have, just as I'm listening to you talk, just about real being talking about real estate and learning from others, what do you think about the Connecticut real estate market and certain segments of the market? I mean, obviously, you must be mm-hmm. you must be optimistic or bullish on it based on the um, fact that you 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 work here. But you know, you yeah, mentioned Florida, you mentioned Rhode Island. How well, does, I'm you know I'll say this: I'm born and raised here in Connecticut, yeah. so that. Uh, you know, certainly if you were looking at a map logically, mm-hmm. right. And this is, you know, I'm, the, I just say things the way they are, whether my yeah. clients are going to love this or not. Yeah. But when you look at the, the map logically and you say, okay, if I'm going to start a real estate business today, mm-hmm. knowing what I know now and not having an emotional attachment or a family attached to any, any place, mm-hmm. Connecticut probably doesn't make the most sense to do that. Right. Right. Our turnover rate is lower than other places you know if you look at florida for example and some of the communities that i'm passionate about in florida the turnover rate is rapid mm-hmm. right you've got people obviously migrating down there um where we're in connecticut for example losing population correct um right so you you have that to the benefit but but also all those people that might be from Ohio or Connecticut or Massachusetts or wherever, mm-hmm. when they get down there, they've lived like I have in their state their whole life, most likely. Correct. Right. Maybe even the same neighborhood. Right. Now they're going for a new change of life. It's a lifestyle decision and they get to, maybe they buy into a community that they've stayed in in the past. Right. Right. So they know they like it, but vacation liking it and living like two it. different Two different things, right? Mm-hmm. But they still like Florida, but now they just realize, oh, I didn't want this community. I want the next community down. So within the first two years, a lot of these people are now buying and selling again. Got it. So you get them on the transaction, you know, as a Florida agent on their initial one way on the way down there. If you do a good job as an agent, you, you get them again. And two years later. Right. And then here's the other thing. The age demos a little higher. People are dying all the time. Like right. they'll turn over. Yeah, right. It's, it's so... So Connecticut doesn't make sense in, in that same fashion. Um, but with, like anything else, there's more agents in those marketplaces. Absolutely. Florida, right? If right. You, New York City or LA, there's going to be more agents. There's going to be uh, harder competition, quite mm-hmm. frankly. And mm-hmm. I'm not putting competition down here in Connecticut, but we have less agents, so we have less great agents. Right. And, and uh, the, it's a, it's a smaller pond. Right. And so our families, my family's passionate about being here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not going to change. We're going to be here really for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I see that there are opportunities in Connecticut when everybody is pumping out negative propaganda and everything right. is just negative when, when you listen to the radio or you read the papers and I'm not sitting here trying to say like, it's all roses in Connecticut. There are obvious issues, Issues. but if we only talk about the negative, the positive never comes to light. Mm -hmm. And there are certain things that you can't dispute about this location that are not replicatable in other parts of the country, whether it's, whether you're passionate about the seasons, whether you want to be like, like we're sitting here in, in, uh, on the shoreline in Connecticut can get to Massachusetts in less than, or Boston in less than two hours, can get to New York, New York in an hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. You, you can't replicate that too many places. I know, yeah. You we- know, so there's huge advantages to being here. Yeah. And, you know, California is one of the uh, place, most fond places people want to want to be. Well, you're mm-hmm. paying 50% taxes. You have ridiculously high property taxes. Right. You pay for what you get. Yeah, Connecticut has high property taxes, 
but I'd rather be here than we mentioned Ohio earlier. I'll pick on them. Then, Ohio. Then Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, so your, your business is obviously very competitive and you've talked about a couple different things, your mastermind group for one, but do you, do you have a one mentor in particular? I have, I would say multiple mentors. Yeah. Yeah. And I think how they helped you. So I think it's important. People use the mentor word and it's like, ah, do I get a mentor? How do I get a mentor? All this kind of stuff. I think you want multiple mentors. Mm -hmm. Um, certainly if you're, if you're brand new to real estate, you might just want one in the beginning. That's t so you're not hearing too many voices, mm -hmm. but as you get your feet under you in any industry or whatever your thing is pulling from, if you have the base of, of, of your core values that you're not going to shift from yep. having a taste of three, four, five different mentors that you can spend time with and right. pull from their experiences is going to be invaluable. It's going to be yeah. a way to get better every single day Correct. to see around those corners. Um, who specifically, I mean, I, I'm a big believer in coaching. I actually pay for real estate coaches. Okay. Uh, so we, you know, and that's part of the Tom Ferry organization we, we mm -hmm. do. So Tom personally is a mentor to me, our coach, Jason mm -hmm. Ferris, he's one of my mentors. Uh, even, you know, I would consider my mastermind to some degree. I mean, we're all peers, but we're mentoring each, each other, other right. on a call every single day. In fact, I'm flying out. Uh, Sam's coming uh, next week to California, and we're gonna meet. We're gonna sit at Tom's office. Tom's a mentor for all of us, mm -hmm. right in Irvine, California. Yeah, we're gonna spend eight hours uh, picking apart each other's businesses, hmm. uh, where we're looking at, you know, opportunities in 2020. Mm -hmm. What he sees as, as one of our mentors and somebody that we're all looking up to in the industry. The conversations he's having with, you know, CEOs of these big, uh, you know. V, uh, VC funded companies that are coming into real estate that are right. cutting down the margin. Like, right. What do you see with that in 2020? Um, and so that's going to be a valuable experience. We get together face to face, try to once every couple months, we're all in different States. Right. So it, it you know, but, but there's enough opportunities to do that. Hmm. And so, yeah, it's spending time making the calls, being consistent. Our masterminds consistent every Thursday at 1030. We're on a call. Yeah. So it's accountability too, being held accountable. Yeah. I mean, in fact, I got invited into this, the mastermind that I'm in, uh, maybe a year ago and, and they had somebody in there before me that they kicked out, hmm. you know, because, uh, we're making commitments to each other. I'm going right. to, I'm going to work on recruiting this many people. Uh, my goal is to get my numbers to X level. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do it, then the rest of the group feels like I can't learn from you. You're not, right. you're not now everybody falls short on some business goals, mm -hmm. but if you're not being accountable to the goals and mm -hmm. don't have a reason why you fell 10% short, right. We don't need you in this group and they, and they just threw them out. Right. Wow. And so we are, pretty, uh, intense on, yeah. on learning and, and growing. Mm -hmm. Good. That's a good, good answer. Um, so want to move on to the next question. What behavior habit or ritual can you not live without and why? That's easy. My morning routine. Mm -hmm. So I'm 5am. We, we were really, I'd say three years ago, me and a couple guys, uh, I shared a, a struggle I was having, right? Mm -hmm. I said, Hey, when I first started sales and real estate, 
I was so determined to make up for the mistakes that I made buying three houses, 19 to 21, losing everything by my mid twenties. Mm -hmm. That first year in real estate, I was waking up on fire, mm -hmm. jumping out of bed at 4 a.m. Yeah. After going to bed at like midnight mm -hmm. for like a year straight, like four hours sleep. Didn't feel it at all because I was so determined right. to prove people wrong, to make amends for the mistakes that I you had, yep. and, and just get after it and and show that I can do this this damn thing. And I walked away from like a cushy, guaranteed job to do that. Mm -hmm. So woke up on fire. Then what happens? You have a little bit of success, right? 12, 15 months in, I realized I can make the the same money I was making the job and more started doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have a little bit level of comfort started getting my feet under me. I knew what I was doing a little bit, a mm -hmm. little bit. And I uh, started waking up at sporadic times, five thirty, six, six thirty. Then like one day it was like seven o'clock. I'm like, what am I doing here? This is insane. Um, so I, I shared that with those guys. So could we hold each other accountable to, they had the same problem. Like they know that when they have a, a, a repeatable morning routine, they're more efficient throughout the day. So mm -hmm. we, we just started by calling each other mm -hmm. every day at 5 a.m. It was like three or four of us. We would just literally, hey, you up, you up, you up. That's all it was. And then more, it. more people wanted to join. Now there's over 1,500 people on this call. Started by you guys. Yeah. Wow. It's 5 a.m. Uh, East Coast time, so Eastern Standard Time. So there's people up and down the East Coast. I mean, this call, now it's turned into a five-minute message. Somebody moderates every single day. It's a podcast. You could go on 5 a.m. call and find the thing and all that stuff. But there has been so many game-changing, life-changing mm -hmm. stories that have been shared yeah. with these five-minute messages. I mean, people sharing stories of struggles with their kids and, and their health and their relationships wow. that so have just been eye-opening and giving you this perspective every single day. Like if you have, if you can wake up in the morning and clear your mind, like the, the old game we all used to have, Etch-a-Sketcher, right? Mm -hmm. And you just clear Wipe everything out. So where you're going into your office or your place of work or, or your day at a absolute great level mm -hmm. of clarity of what you have to get done, you're not only going to be just a better person to people, you're going to be more efficient in your day. Absolutely. And you're going to have this perspective of like, man, I got it really good when you start to, to put some of these struggles people are having, help them out, uh, and then focus on, on what you should be grateful for. So can anybody log into the call into yeah, the 5 a.m. call? Yeah, it's just 5 a.m. call dot com. Yeah. So just for anyone listening or yeah. watching, they and can subscribe. And I'm not going to, I don't want to push anybody to it that doesn't want to wake up at 5 a.m. The whole thing about it, and, and I'm just going to focus on morning routine. Mm -hmm. Right. You may say, listen, because sleep is dramatically important. What I was doing my first year in real estate, four hours sleep is not yeah. sustainable. Not, yeah, not sustainable. Uh, it's never going to work long term. So you have to know your body. Do you get seven? Do you need nine hours? Whatever you need, get that. And maybe for you, it's a 7 a.m. routine, right? right? Right. But maybe it's the same. Like for me, it's the same thing, right? I'm going to mm -hmm. wake up. I'm hydrating immediately with mm -hmm. coconut water, right? Mm -hmm. I do the 5 a.m. call, right? So I'm going to jump on that Facebook page a little bit right after that. But then I'm going to the gym, mm -hmm. right? Then I'm coming back. I'm having my protein shake. I'm mm -hmm. having my oatmeal. Like there's just steps that I do every, every day. day. Yeah. And it gets all that stuff out of the way. I don't now have to go into work thinking about 
ah, I really want to hit the gym. Should I hit the gym? Should I right. do it at 3.30? Will I have time at 5.30? Could I sneak right. it in at 7? All that is wasted yeah. energy. Thinking about. On something I could have already had finished. Correct. That's awesome. I love it. Morning That's a great routine. answer. Morning routine. So here's another question. When you feel overwhelmed, what do you do to refocus? Yep. So I've got uh, two answers for this. When I'm really overwhelmed with just the macro big picture of work, yeah. Okay. I have got to break the pattern. So there's two pattern breaks. I've got to break the pattern immediately. Mm-hmm. For me, when it's like summer, a great way to, to do that is to uh, either go hit some golf balls at the driving range or there's a, a basketball court at my house, go down and just run and shoot hoops. Like to, for me, that clears my mind. Mm-hmm. And when I come back to all those macro issues, that can be a little reset. People you know, talk about vacations. Vacations have never worked for me Yeah. because the whole vacation thing of like, you know, when you're on vacation, like family or whatever, like that's a time to like be focused on them. Mm-hmm. So all you're doing is sliding the problems or the macro business issues aside. off to the side. Correct. And immediately when you come back on from vacation, they're right They're back there. again. They are right there. Mm-hmm. So you have to address them. So I use the example of like, Going and taking an hour, massage, golf balls, uh, whatever, to now get into a place where I can categorize these issues, Mm -hmm. most important, here's the steps, like be thoughtful about how they're going to fit into my calendar. Once I get them time blocked into my calendar, Mm -hmm. I feel much better. Like even if that just means meeting about strategy for this issue, right? Like having those set, knowing I'm committed to my calendar, that's going to alleviate some of that anxiety. And then the number two way on a micro level, Mm -hmm. right? I've been doing this a lot lately. So I wear these every single day. So if I find myself, I don't know if this ever happens to you where I'm supposed to be answering emails, right? Or it's like, I know this is my follow up time block and I'm, or I'm supposed to be, you know, preparing for a podcast or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm supposed to be doing this thing. And then all of a sudden I find myself somehow on ESPN.com. And I don't know. I'm like, how the hell did I even get here? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know how I got here. Yeah, I'm like, right, right. Now I'm like three articles in yeah. on, you know, Danny Dimes, the new Giants <laughs> quarterback, and like his college years. And I'm like in this rabbit hole. So yeah. for me, I grab this little rubber band. I've got a whole bag of them from Amazon. Snap. Look at my calendar. Where am I supposed to be and in go this back. micro moment? Go back. Good. That's great. So something, something to, to reset it. I think that dis, I think in today's day and age, there's a lot of distraction. It's easy to find yourself, and I think people beat themselves up because they think that, well, like, like we we all do it. No matter how busy you are, um, or how regimented you are, or how structured your day is. You mentioned your calendar. I live by my calendar too. You know, and then, then there's things that throw you off. I mean, just just for to meet you here today. Here's you know, an here's another good one. Yeah. Todd Herman. Yep. Alter ego. Did you read that book? No. The alter ego book. He talks about creating these alter egos in your life. Hmm. Right. So for example, uh, he's, he wears glasses. Okay. They're non-prescription. He wears these glasses 
when he's presenting, right? When yeah. he's going to do, do a before. talk. Yeah. It, because instantly you see somebody like Sam's got glasses over there. He takes those things off, looks 10% dumber. You know, immediately. No, this is this is from Todd Herman. This isn't from me. This is me. not us telling is, you that. This Sam. is in the book Alter Ego. He, it's Sam, like, it's he look, like he looks great behind the camera. Let's just say that. You know, and then someday Sam you can come out on this side too. <laughs> There's been ten, <laughs> ten or fifteen percent difference. There's been studies done where people associate glasses, glasses. ten fifteen percent smarter. Than I I right? know. I've heard and that. So he does that when he's presenting. When he comes home, he has a certain outfit that he will put on and. That signals I'm into kids mode. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get on the floor. I'm going to play with my kids. Right. I'm going to engage. I'm going to be fully engaged. So for me, this rubber band is almost an alter ego. It's like, like that. if I'm wearing this, I'm in work mode. I even told my wife about it. I'm like, hey, if I come home, I'm wearing this stupid, silly thing. It means, and I'm, my head's in my phone. It means... I'm supposed to be doing work. If you walk by and I'm on ESPN.com, just smack me in the head, right? <laughs> but like when I take this off and I know I've got to spend two hours with Stella, it's mm -hmm. like, hey, are you spending two hours with Stella or are you working? Are you working? Your, your right. freaking band isn't on you. Right. right. Got it. And so it's kind of just like that alter ego to, to remind me of where I got to be. Sure. That's awesome. I love it. Good answer. Thank you. Um, so you mentioned an author, but which book or author has influenced your life? And I know, is there... Is there one more than another? Or? Yeah, I, I'll say Jim. I mentioned Jim Rohn earlier. Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N. He's a 1980s guy. Mm -hmm. He was one of Tony Robbins' mentors. Okay. Uh, he's in that Zig Ziglar crew yeah, type yeah, of, yeah, yeah. That, that whole time frame. He and then um, this guy, Eric Thomas, who is... I guess more of a uh, motivator speaker. He's written some books, but mm -hmm. it was really a YouTube video that changed my mindset dramatically when I uh, got into the sales side of, of real estate. So uh, let me go back a little bit. I'm just going to give everyone the bullet point version here. 19 to 21 bought uh, three houses, fixed them all up with my own money, uh, renovated them, rented them out, but I made all the mistakes in the book, alluded to that er earlier. I over-improved, bought in bad areas, at the top of the market or even above the market. Mm -hmm. You know, everything, mortgage crisis happens. I got four mortgages on three properties and tenants that aren't making their bills. Now I'm not making my bills. Everything comes crumbling down. I go bankrupt by my mid-20s. Okay. Okay. So when I came into real estate, now, when I came into real estate, unemployment was over 10% mm -hmm. in the Obama years. And I had a job that I got, uh, out of 2000 applicants, eight of us got the job. Okay. And it was, you know, six figure job and you had a pension and it was a retirement job. My dad had been there 35 years, which is why I was one of the people that, that got it. Hated it. Hated my life. Hated the job. Walked away from it to get into real estate. Mm -hmm. People thought I was nuts. Mm -hmm. No Homes weren't selling, right? It was about 60% of the, the homes that are selling this year were, that was a good year back then, then right? right? You know, it was almost that much, right, of a drop off. So people just thought I was absolutely insane. I found this video 
came across this video somehow on YouTube, Eric Thomas, mm -hmm. where he tells a story about this guy, the guru, who uh, had a lot of success in business. And there was this, this young guy who wanted to reach massive levels of success and wealth. Mm -hmm. And he says to the guru, he says, you know, we show me the, the way. And he goes, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll show you the way. Meet me tomorrow at the beach at 5 a.m. He's like, all right, well, you know, it's weird, but I'll meet you at the beach. So mm -hmm. he shows up at the beach, suit, tie, ready to go. He wants success in his life. He wants to be dominant at business. So he sees the gurus out there at 5 a.m. swimming around the water. He's doing, you know, the breaststroke, mm. backstroke. <laughs> he says, hey, what are you doing? I'm yeah. ready. Yeah. I'm here on time. Yeah. Let's go. You know, teach me how to be successful. And so the guru says, come into the water. He's like, well, I got a suit on. Yeah. Goes up to the water. He says, no, you got to come further. So now he's up to like his waist. The guru says, you've got to come in further, further. So now he's up to like here mm -hmm. in the water in his suit. Right. And the guru takes him, takes his head and dunks it under the water and holds his head under the water. This guy's kicking and screaming, Ugh. lifts his head up. And he says, how'd you feel? He's like, you know, I thought you were a psychopath. You were trying to kill me. Like <laughs> I, I just, I just wanted to to breathe. And Eric Thomas in this video is talking to college kids. I think it was at Michigan state. He says, when you want to succeed as badly as you want to breathe, that's when you'll be successful. When you want it so bad mm -hmm. that nothing's going to get in your way, that mm -hmm. the story in your head, that the story that all your friends are trying to inundate you with right. so that you're now uh, going to live in a, in a depressive depression or, or whatever. Right. Right. When you get rid of all of that mm -hmm. and you want something so badly that you'll change the way you live and you'll commit to it a hundred percent, that's when you're going to be successful. I watched that video over 300 times going into real estate. It made a huge impact on the way I was thinking about things mm -hmm. on the way, you know, my whole life leading up to that on the, you know, I was very much not uh, in a growth mindset, not always learning from other people. Not, a, you know, when I went to school, high school, I didn't own a backpack for those four years. You know, I didn't read any, anything. I just said, I'm going to get through school so I can play sports. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, now I wish I went back and there was, there would have been so many interesting things I could have engaged in. I know. I agree So with much that. reading I yeah. could have done during those years. I wish I played golf instead of baseball. Like there's just so much I, I could have done differently. <clears throat> Um, so that really changed the way I think, like if I really want this, if I, if I want to back up all the words that I'm saying, then I've got to change everything about the way I'm doing it. And I need to learn from other people mm -hmm. and I need to really want it as bad as I want to breathe. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say Jim Rohn and Eric Thomas yeah. had the, the biggest initial impact. Mm -hmm. Um, and they both have books and videos and. Jim Rohn, less videos because he's '80s guy, but got it. Yeah, that, that's a great answer, great story. I'm gonna check them both out. I've never heard of either. I'll one send you of that them. video, man. It's, send me the video. You know, especially I'd like to see that a new agent or yeah. not an agent for you, but a new employee or, or yeah. you know whoever, right? New sales, whatever it is. You send them that video. It's a 20 minute video, mm -hmm. and uh, it really does remove the bullshit story going on in your head. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's wonderful. I'd love to check that out. Um, would you, you know, you described 
that whole experience of buying houses and improving them. And one, I know one of the questions we had talked about was a single experience or defining moment that sparked a game change. Was that it? Or would you say that your game changing experience? No, when, when I, I mean, that was part of it, but that was the beginning of it mm -hmm. because I didn't, when I made those mistakes and went through bankruptcy, it was like, it wasn't like, okay, yeah, I've got it. Yeah. Uh, this is changing my life. The bankruptcy, it actually, for the two years following that, mm -hmm. um, I went deeper into mm. depression, yeah, like into a funk, into a funk completely. Yeah. And here's yeah. what, like, I kept replaying over and over and over and over and again in my head, like, what if I just waited an extra two years? I've got friends right now that are that waited for now the market to crash They're the same age as me. They were in college. Yeah. They weren't buying houses. 1921. Yeah. Right. They're making all the right moves. What if I just, you ever, uh, you've gambled at Mohegan center, wherever, sure. right? Casino. You ever like go to a roulette table, play a certain number, lose all your money. And then the next spin, that number hits. It's, and you're like, if I just waited yeah. one more second, if yeah. I would have talked to so-and-so yeah. for another yeah. 30 seconds, I would have won. Right. That's the worst thing you can yeah. do is you live in beat regret. yourself up, live in regret. Yeah. And so I did that for like two years and it wasn't until I realized that hating the job that I was working at mm -hmm. and, and being in that environment, being shut off to people was hurting not only myself personally, but everybody around me, mm -hmm. um, to, to the degree that it was, that was when I had that game changing moment. And I literally, I just kept dwelling on it, dwelling on it. It was a Tuesday, like at 1130, I went up to, to my boss and said, I, I, I I've got to go. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. They actually gave me two weeks paid. I took it cause I'm not an idiot, but <laughs> the decision had been made. And, and, yeah. uh, it's when things for me, I had to like really hit rock bottom. Sure. Um, and listen, if I didn't make that change, my wife, who we've been together since we were 17, been together 18 years now, um, it, there would have been no reason for her to s stay with me. Like it, nobody would have wanted to be around me if I just kept living in that misery. Correct. Yeah. So. Wow. That's great. You know, I think that you've, um, you have learned from your mistakes. You've developed good behavior, learned behavior. And I think what may be interesting for people to know too and why I like doing this podcast is because we all go through, it's not like we, we don't wake up positive every day. No. It's, it takes a lot of practice. Nobody does. Either. Nobody does. And you know, there's always the self doubt. There's always the overthinking. There's always the, you know, getting in your head, but it's how do you push through those things? And, and there are things that you have to want to do, mm -hmm. but, but I have always been of the same mindset of you of asking people around me, you know, setting up an advisory board. When I started my business, when I had no customers, no money, but people around me who I respected and, and I, one of them I, I was with yesterday and he told, you know, we did our offsite, offsite retreat, company retreat over at OneSource and my advisory board member sat in the room and said, you know, I want everybody to know I used to call Nick every morning at 730 to make sure he was out of bed his first two years in business because it was brutal. And even though I knew I wanted to be in business and I knew I was passionate about the industry I was in, 
uh, that was probably one of the hardest times of my life because I, a lot of self-doubt, a lot Mm -hmm. of, did I make the right decision? What is everybody going to think? What happens if I fail? I mean, and, and Denny Stanek, who's a good, a good friend and, and mentor, as I mentioned, he literally called me every day for two years just to make sure that I was doing what I had to do. So it takes people around you and you have to will yourself sometimes. So, and I find the most successful people that I get around, uh, you know, there's a, one of the top agents in New York city, which it's very hard to be one of the top 10 agents in New York city, Mm. incredibly hard in in Manhattan. He's actually in our mastermind, this guy, Josh Rubin. He's, he just sold a $10 million apartment. Okay. Do the math on 5% of, 10 million, 10 million. Right? And that's one of his sales. He does a couple hundred million a year, right? When he asks you a question or any of these top producers that I've gotten around, when they ask you a question mm-hmm. about something that's working in your business, they are like this mm-hmm. for the answer. They are ready. They are focused. They're locked in mm-hmm. and they are going to pull that information out of you because they're always, they're doing what I said to be in this podcast. They're always finding a way to get a little bit better today. Mm-hmm. They're seeking the information. They yeah. are craving it right. at a ridiculous rate mm-hmm. that the average producer just isn't doing. Right. Right. That Art Williams, here's a great video. Art Williams. This is a video everybody should watch. It's on YouTube. It's from, I think, like 77 or something. But Art Williams. Art Williams just do it video. I swear Nike built their whole business off of this guy's video. He was the uh, founder of Prime America, which is a mm. you know, multi-billion dollar in, in, insurance company. Um, Art Williams says the difference between the average producer and the, uh, you know, the top producer is... It, there's there really is no difference except a little bit more right mm-hmm. like five percent whatever more. your thing is right it's five percent more calls five percent mm-hmm. uh better morning routine five percent more efficient in the way they conduct their calendar it's just a little bit more that's the difference between a fifty thousand dollar producer and a five hundred thousand dollar producer absolutely it's not four hundred fifty thousand dollars it's like five percent yeah that's amazing that video is badass dude yeah we gotta ch- i gotta check that out yeah. jeez I'm just going to follow you around for like a week. Can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I want to, um, I want to ask you one more question. I mean, yeah. and, and then, uh, we can both get about our, get about our days. And I appreciate the time that, uh, you know, that you've spent here with me. Tell it's me about, um, what's a goal for yourself that you want to accomplish in the next year. And I know you've got a mm. lot of goals, but if you could share just one, what would that be? Um, in the next year, yeah, I want to, one thing I'm working on right now. So mm-hmm. last year I had this thing where I posted for out of 365 days, I posted 350 gym sessions. Okay. So that was kind of ridiculous. Cause I, I was like, ah, 15 days off is plenty of time. Like I won't get sick. I don't believe in holidays, you know, like, <laughs> like 350 <laughs> was kind of, yeah, I, I yeah. ended up doing double days. But uh, something that I think is super easy to control, and I started on October 1st of mm-hmm. 2019 through the, through the rest of the year, was 90 reading sessions in that, in that uh, three-month period, right? Okay. And I know even if I get behind, two reading sessions, one in the morning, one at night, on a weekend is so easy to do. Yeah. And I really want to be committed to, on that level teaching myself the skill of reading an actual book mm-hmm. and, and the way I've been reading is stopping myself 
on the words that I don't know, I don't recognize. I go to Google, I listen to the word, uh-huh. and, I, and I look up the definition. Huh. And I'm doing that to hopefully expand my vocabulary. For, for years, I've had a basic vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And if I'm, you know, I get on the radio, I do podcasts, uh, you know, yeah, you, talk you to speak people, publicly too. present to my team. Right. I want to be better at that. Right. Right. And, and I'm not a b- big believer in, in focusing a lot of your time on your weaknesses if they're tactical weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So tactical weaknesses would be like for me organizing uh, a transaction in real estate, the transactional stuff, you know, dealing with the inspection report, the attorney, blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. All those transactional tactical things that you can systemize. Right. That is something I always think you should bring in somebody better than you at to do it. But that's a micro tactical weakness. Mm hmm. A macro important weakness is my ability to communicate with people at a high level. Right. Okay. I am going to retain more stuff just naturally the way I've always lived, listening to audiobook, uh, consuming video and that kind of stuff. But part of my macro ability to communicate is going to be improved if I have that reading skill. So I'm going to invest time in that weakness, but not the little micro weaknesses. If that makes any sense, yeah, it I'm breaking yeah, it that does. down. It does, yeah. And so for the next year, I do want to, you know, I want to not, I'm not putting a book number on it, but I want this 90 day test to launch into a 2020 situation where I'm reading 365 reading sessions in that 365 day period. Mm-hmm. I want to get obsessed about emotional intelligence. I've been literally told by teachers and people around me my entire life that you do not have any empathy in your body, Byron. You lack it. It's impossible. (laughs) I've actually been told it's impossible for you to get any of it. The people that know me really well, I've always been one of those kind of guys where you either love me or you don't, Mm -hmm. right? Right. You just don't love me that much even growing up, right? So like the people that love me are super passionate. They know that like there are, you know, some, some real levels of empathy when you, when you dig in, but I haven't communicated that well. Got it. I've been listening to dare to lead from Brene Brown mm-hmm. been digging into a lot of her stuff. Yeah, me too. Actually. She's incredible. She's really a good. lot. Yeah. So anything right now for me, that's, that's emotional intelligence that I can. And Brene, the nice thing about Brene Brown is she's one of the first people I've actually heard this from mm. where she says, Empathy is a skill that you can build. Absolutely. And if you want to build it, you will build it and it will show through to other people. And the way she breaks down empathy is, is amazing because like she's got this, this, this great sense of empathy Mm -hmm. where at the same time she's holding people accountable and being very clear on her expectations of those around her. Correct. So she's not out there giving everybody what they want. Right. She's not getting walked all over. She's not getting taken advantage of. She sets good boundaries. Yeah. Expectations. I've found that too. But it's a a side that I feel even for me, you know, you kind of go through phases of your life, you know, and I kind of went into this hardcore start up a business, push out all those other types of, you know, even being artistic, you know, I, I used to be, uh, I used to draw, I used to paint. I mean, just stuff that I, I laughed at for years and, and it was like doing things that listening to the people talk like, like Brene talk about empathy and talk about caring for others and looking at alternate perspectives and doing things outside of what I've, what have become normal behavior for me over the last six or seven years. 
has kind of made me feel like a like a whole person. And I think yeah. that maybe what I'm hearing indirectly from you is like, you know, you're a very multifaceted guy, a lot of, a lot of demands on you, but you're looking at kind of rounding yourself out in a lot of different ways for a lot of different reasons, building your vocabulary, learning new soft skills, emotional intelligence, you know, but also getting gaining more expertise in your career, getting your broker's license. I mean, there's a lot of things in, in, in all the things that you're describing here. And it will open the door up to all of these new relationships. Absolutely. That weren't even possible by showing and improving different sides of myself individually. Mm -hmm. Hey, I want to, now I want to meet that person. Right. Right. Absolutely. And that's what we're looking for is more relationships and, and impact. And yeah, people and, and people that are going to bring an impact to us. Yep. So. Yeah. No, I think, um, I I've in, enjoyed all your commentary here. I'm a follower. You know that when Love it comes it, to you, uh, I think you're a natural born leader, but I think you work hard to, uh, to set a good example. I, so I appreciate that. Thank and, you. uh, thanks for coming on our, on our show here. Uh, hashtag Nick's game changer, Nick's game changer. And, uh, why don't you share, uh, maybe your, your, your Instagram handle or anything that you, are, yeah, anything is under my name, Byron Lazine. I'm literally the only Byron Lazine in <laughs> America. So it's easy, <laughs> it's easy to, find. to find. Yeah. L-A-Z-I-N-E, not a V. So yeah. Um, whether it's Instagram, if you're looking, Instagram DMs are a really easy place to get my uh, attention right now. Cause I'm reading every single DM. If you wanted to shoot me a message, okay, cool. Be the best Very place. cool. Cool. And our last thing we can't forget. So we talk about coffee and uh, what we're drinking here today. Cheers, we, we've got a, uh, a really special one. Really special one. So we really, we, we searched far and wide and in the green mountains of Vermont in the form of a K cup, we found, <laughs> we found this dark roast that we're having today. So, uh, Hey, it's coffee. It works. Absolutely. It does the job. And, uh, we will see, uh, what's your favorite coffee right now of the moment of the moment. I really like this. Um, it's called John Wayne. Really? Uh, coffee, but well, it, it's, that's actually the roast. It's from TLC coffee roasters, um, on the way to Newport. So it's, uh, as you're driving through oh. URI on the right hand side, TLC roasters, um, it's this John Wayne blend. I don't even know why they named it that. Hot coffee and it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's just, it's very smooth, but it's bold at the same time. I, I, I really am enjoying that. So I'm a cappuccino guy, but I've been doing those cold brews at Starbucks. Have with you? The, with the, with the foam on top. Cause I like, so I saw I like, like a pumpkin on one. Like no, the they, pumpkin oh, one's no good. Okay. There's I, a salted caramel cold brew, nitro cold brew maybe. And it's got the foam on top with the, if you like caramel, a little bit of caramel flavor there. Hmm. That one's really, really good. I was doing that in the summer. Now I'm back to the cappuccinos. The weather's. Yeah. I'm a black coffee, you know, I'm every a, now and then if I, I like want to the treat a little coconut milk, but you know, it's uh, it's basic. I don't know what to say. I love it. Yeah. So hopefully on, on the next uh, podcast, it, it won't be the Green Mountain. We'll step our game up, but you know, Green Mountain is reliable. We appreciate that. And next, so. if I ever get invited back on, <laughs> now that I know this is an absolute thing, I'm bringing the coffee. Okay, you can bring the coffee. Yeah. That's fair. Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks, Byron. Awesome. All right. Thank you, man. You got it.